Bi- hold up your Bibles. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And as we come to hear the word, thank you for the spirit of God flowing in this place. Thank you for revival coming, God. We just declare it now in this church. But Father, it's just not going to affect our church. It's going to release from our church and it's going to hit our region. It's going to hit this area. And God, I pray that revival that takes place here will impact America and even the world. And so, Father, as we hear the word today, I, I back up so the Spirit of God can use me to articulate the things that you want us to hear. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following our work, following what we share today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated if you're standing. Thank you at home for watching. If you are visiting for the very first or second time, will you wave inside the house? If you're wave, wave, wave. Any visitors in the house? Okay, good. We got some visitors today. And then if you're watching us and you're watching for the very first time, please let us know. Uh, there's a way that you can acknowledge. Uh, let us know that you're a guest and you'll do that. We would appreciate it. So we're in a series entitled Emotional Estate. Everybody say Emotional Estate. And so this, the purpose of this series is threefold. Number one, to help us understand our emotions. And then number two, to help us understand the role that our emotions play. And for the most part, God gave us emotions so that we can stay in touch with the sense realm, with the earth realm. And then number three, we want to learn how to manage our emotions successfully because a person's emotional life is going to impact their physical life. Everybody say, my emotional life. It's going to impact my physical life. And so we're on lesson number three. And if you're taking notes, our message title today is will it, don't feel it. Everybody say will it, don't feel it. And so we define emotions. I'm going to go just over this so you can have it. But uh, our emotions, we defined it as a positive or negative mental state. You can have positive emotions and you can have negative emotions, but it's a positive or negative mental state. So these emotions that we're talking about, it takes place in our minds. And then as a result of this negative or positive mental state, they arise almost spontaneously. And I'm going to talk about today how to deal with these instant emotions that we sometimes encounter. And then as a result of that spontaneous emotional experience or thought, It can be perceived or real. And this is why sometimes even when you dream, you wake up and you thought it was real. Why? Because that dream took place in that emotional realm. Now, these emotions are often accompanied by physiological changes. And this is why you can be, how many have ever been chased by a dog in your dream? Anybody? And you woke up and you was breathing hard? Woke up and you in your bed. 
Why? Because it will often be accompanied by physiological changes in our feelings and our attitude and our actions. And normally these changes are short term unless we don't deal with them. And if we don't deal with them right, then they can become long term. So last week, one of our key points that I gave you is that we give place when we appeal to how we feel. Everybody say, I give place when I appeal to how I feel. Now, this point was critical because many times you and I, we lose the faith fight. Watch this now. When we give in to what our feelings are saying and when we give in to what our feelings are saying, watch what happens. We get out of faith. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26, they're going to put it on the screen. It says, be angry and sin not. We went over this. That means you can be angry and not sin. He says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Watch verse 27. He says, neither give place. And that word place means opportunity or room. He's saying, listen, when you get angry, don't give opportunity or room to the devil. So here's a take-home statement. They should be on your notes that you got. And then if you're watching us, you can click on a link that's probably below your screen. You can get the notes as well. Here's a take-home statement. We lose faith when we give place. Everybody say, we lose faith when we give place. So the goal of the message today is to show us how, listen, to utilize our wheels to help override how we feel so that we can make biblical decisions and not just emotional decisions. Because when you make emotional decisions, they're going to come back and bite you. You ever made an emotional purchase and had buyer's remorse at the end? You ever went in there and uh, you, your car broke down on you and so you're mad? And so you, you frustrated and then that's not the time to go to the dealership. You don't go to the dealership when you're mad at your car. Because they're gonna talk you into a car that you're not mad at. But I tell you what they're gonna talk you into, a payment that you're gonna be mad at. Say amen to that. I'm trying to keep us from making some emotional decisions. So here's point number one if you're taking notes. Listen, how we feel should not dictate how we will. Everybody say, how we feel should not dictate how we will. And so before we dive into this, I want to just break it down again to show us that there are three parts of us. In other words, God has created us in three parts. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says, I pray that God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So our soul realm is found in... Uh, our emotions are in our soul realm. And the soul consists of five components. Our mind, our will. Everybody say will. Because see, that's what we're going to talk about today. Our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, and our imagination. And so our souls are where our wills are located. And so what I'm going to do is give you three different de definitions of, of the will. Because there are three wills that pretty much are flowing through the earth. you got God's will, you got man's will, and you may not know this, but the devil has a will too. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, God has a permissive will. No, God doesn't have a permissive will. I never read that in the Bible. God, now, if you want to call it that because he permits you to do something, that's fine. But that's not a permissive will. That's just you exercising your will. Say amen to that. So we have man's will, which biblically I'll show you in our, con in our, uh, in our text today. It, it means to desire, to love, watch this, or what you'd rather have. To desire, to love, 
or what you'd rather have. That's what it means when we want to exercise our will. God's will means something different. It means a determination, a choice, a purpose, desire, or pleasure. I'm going to say that again. God's will means a determination, a choice of purpose, desire, or pleasure. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, I want to read this verse because many people do not realize that the devil has a will. And it says this, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do nothing but gender stripes. Listen, don't argue with people don't, who ain't going to change. Don't argue with them. You're wasting your breath. Right? You're wasting your breath. He says, and the servant of the Lord, everybody say, that's me. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but they must be gentle to all men. Lord, help me. After teach, patience. In meekness, watch this, instructing those who oppose themselves, if God will perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Watch verse 26, the focus verse. And that they, they who? Those people who oppose the truth, those people who God needs to help them repent. It says that, listen, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of who? The devil. Who, watch this, are taken captive by him at his will. And that word will is the same one that God uses. In other words, listen, the devil will take anybody captive, watch this, at his determination, his choice of purpose, his desire, his pleasure. And that's why he wants to take as many people to hell with him because that's where he's going. Say amen to that. So let me read the New Living Translation of this verse. It says, a serving of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Everyone, everybody say, I need help in that area. I'm kind. I just have to work on being kind to everyone. Now, I am kind to everyone until I run across somebody who is acting unkind. That's the test. Verse 25, gently instructing those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Do you know the devil has servants too? Amen. Listen to this. Here's the message translation. We'll finish with this one. God's servant must not be argumentative. I wonder who I'm talking to today. You arguing with your co-worker about Jesus. Don't argue with them. Listen, the truth never needs to be defended. It says, God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps his cool. I want to be like that. Who keeps his cool. Working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and turning to the truth, enabling them to escape the devil's trap where they are caught and held captive. Watch this. Forced to run his errands. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, you are errand boy for the devil. Go on and ask him. So now let's look at our foundational verse, okay? Let's look in Matthew chapter 26, because I'm going to show you something today that I don't know if you've been able to put two and two together. So watch this now. I'm reading out the King James Version. It says, then come Jesus with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, I want you to sit here while I go and pray yonder. How many know Jesus was country? (laughs) I'm going over yonder. (laughs) Verse 37, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which by the way of James and John, and he began to be sorrowful 
and very heavy. Notice there it says he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. That means, you know, sorrow is, is an emotion. And here's the bad part about a lot of Christians. We carry these emotions all the time. People run from us. When they see us coming, they just run. You know why? Because they're going to feel worse after they leave us than been feeling better. You shouldn't walk around all day feeling sorrowful. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but I think he's talking to you though. Look at verse 38. Then he said to them, watch this, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Remember I told you, soul is where our emotions are, even unto death. Watch verse 39. He went a little further. And he fell on his, pray, his face and what did he do, church? He prayed. Y'all pay attention to that because that's going to be impor- important in a minute. He's, watch what he prayed. I love that they put this in here. He says, oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, not as I desire, not as I love, or not as I want to do or would rather have. Verse 40. Then he came to his disciples, found them sleep. He said, could you not watch with me one hour? And then verse 41, it says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is what, church? It's willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. 42, verse 42, he, he went his way again the second time. Y'all pay attention to that now because he's going to pray something again. Let's see what happens. And he prays saying, if this cup may uh, not pass from me, except I drink it, read it with me. Thy will be done. He says, you know what, Father? This is something that I don't want to do, but if this is not something that can pass from me, not my will, but whatever your determination and your choice of purpose and your desire and your pleasure for me, let that be done. Because, see, there are going to be times in your life that God's going to want you to do something you don't want to do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You know, you say, well, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. I think I do everything God wants me to do. Look, you ain't apologized to the last person you offended. How many know apology is a godly thing? Yeah, you married and you don't want to apologize. Okay, we won't go there. Let me stay here. Verse 43. And he came and found them asleep again. Their eyes were heavy. He left them and went again. And he read this with me. And he prayed the... Y'all pay attention to that. He prayed the third time. What did he do? He prayed what? The same words. And then he came to his disciples. He said, sleep on. And then, uh, and then they, you know, the story continues. Everybody say, how we feel should not dictate how we how we will if you notice now jesus did not let how he felt dictate what he did now how in the world do you do that so here's what i want to do i want to reread a portion of the scripture matthew 26 39 it says he went a little further he fell on his face and then he began to pray and he says father let this cup pass from me he was facing a very difficult situation and his, listen church, now this is going to sound contradictory. He was going through something difficult and his will did not match God's will. I want you to think about what I said. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, the perfect man who never sinned. His will at that moment did not match God's will. Now, if Jesus felt like that at times, you're going to feel like that too. No, but people don't think about that. He, he wasn't happy and excited to jump on the cross. Would you be? I mean, come on. Somebody nailing me in my hand. Look, it hurt when I kicked my foot up against the bed. 
He was facing this. And watch this. Jesus was able to deny what he was feeling. And the principle he used to do that, church, is right here in the story. And this principle that he used to help him deny how he felt and watch this, obey God's will is something that we can do as well. So watch now verse 39. This is Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. He fell on his face and the Bible says, and he prayed. Prayer is one of the things you and I can do to help us deny how we feel so we can choose to yield to God's will. And this is why the devil fights us to pray. How many get fought to prayer? You start praying and next thing you know, you waking up. <laughs> prayer is one of those things you and I can do to help us deny how we feel so that we can choose to yield to God's way. And the best way to be able to function consistently, watch this, not perfectly, but yielding to God's will and not our own is to have a biblical understanding of how spiritual powers and principles work. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to go over this and then we're going to jump into something different. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, watch what it says. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't fight after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty through God. And these, watch this, this spiritual warfare or tools that God's given us, they're powerful enough to pull down strongholds. They are able to cast down imaginations and every hot thing that exalts itself, watch this, against the knowledge of God. Not against God, but against the knowledge of God. And then watch this, and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then having an readiness to revenge our disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. And so the only way we're going to be able to successfully and consistently use our wills to yield to God's will is that we have to develop, watch this now, a spiritual perspective. Everybody say a spiritual perspective. So there are four principles to having a, a spiritual perspective. These are in your notes. I'm not going to dwell on them. But here's number one. Here's the first principle of a spiritual perspective is that we are natural, but we don't have to walk that way. We don't have to be like Flip Wilson. Now, you, now how, many, how many know who Flip Wilson is? Raise your hand. You old, that's why. You're mature. That's a better word. We're mature. Okay. Flip Wilson used to say what? The devil made me do it, right? No, no. We are natural, but we don't have to walk that way. In other words, just because we feel that way doesn't mean we have to react that way. Say amen to that. Here's number two. What we are fighting, I'm talking about a spiritual perspective, what we are fighting and fighting with is not natural, but spiritual. In other words, what we're fighting, listen, does not start in the physical realm, but it starts in the invisible or the spiritual realm. So the moment our focus starts with what we can see, we're already losing the battle. Because if you start the battle with just by what you see, you're going to lose. Because the battle doesn't start in the natural, it starts in the spiritual. Say amen to that. Here's number three. We have to make a choice which realm we're going to function in. We're dealing with spiritual powers. You have to make a decision. And here's the thing. You can make a decision beforehand, which is the best way to do it. But sometimes when something is coming at you right there in real time, you forget about the decision you made earlier. Your emotions are now what's going to determine. So listen, you have to make a choice which realm you're going to... Listen, when I, when I was throwing that coffee on that man in Starbucks years ago, when I did that, right? Jesus was trying to help me. 
He saw the frustration. He was like, Evan, go to the car. I was like, Jesus, I'm not going to the car. He says, Evan, go to the car. I said, Jesus, I'm not going to the car. So, you know, he said it again. Evan, go to the car. I said, Jesus, go to the car. I'll be there in a minute. I said, Jesus, to the car. Can you believe that? I said, Jesus, to the car. Are we going to fight in the flesh and lose or fight spiritually and win? In other words, watch this now, church. It's either the world's way or the word's way. Here's number four. Well, you know what? Let me point something out here. Okay, because... I think what happens uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, the verse we read, it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, watch this church, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me point out something you may not have no- uh, noticed. Notice that it is my thoughts that I must get to obey, not my flesh or physical man. I'm going to say that again. Notice... That it's my thoughts that I have to get to obey, not my flesh or my physical man. Why? Because my actions follow my thoughts. Listen, you think about slapping somebody before you slap them. Amen. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. What I consider is what I will deliver. Whatever you meditate on is what you're going to do. And then here's number four. God will do his part when we do ours. A lot of times we think and we want God to do something first. That's not how it works. He draw, we draw close to him, then he draws close to us. So watch this now. 2 Corinthians 10, 6. I have to read this one. It says, And having in a readiness to revenge our disobedience, when our obedience is fulfilled, the Amplified says this, Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience, when your own submission and obedience as a church is fully secured and complete. In other words, what they're saying is, God will deal with them after you let him deal with you. So here's a take-home statement. I can't expect right until I do right. Oh, so you want your spouse to do right first. No, 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 no. It said he'll revenge our disobedience. In other words, he'll deal with everybody else when you let him deal with you. And a lot of times when we're frustrated consistently, it's God trying to get us to get in his presence so he can straighten something out in our life. Say amen to that church. So here's point number two. Here's point number two. Praying once doesn't always yield our will, but praying again always helps. I'm going to say that again. Praying once doesn't always yield our will. But praying again always helps. We read the story, verse 42 of Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to let them find verse 42. But in verse 42, Jesus, he it says, he went away again the second time. Everybody say the second time. And what did he do? He prayed. Watch verse 44. Jump down to verse 44. He left them and went away again. And he prayed what, church? A third time. What did he do? He said the same word. So let me give you perspective, okay? If Jesus had to pray about something three times to solidify his heart in a matter, there's nothing wrong with us praying about something more than once. Because if he was solidified with it, he to just pray one time and moved on. No, he had to pray about it three times. And there's sometimes you got to pray about something more than one time. And pray, listen, praying about the same thing doesn't mean that God didn't hear you the first time. 
But when you pray about it more than one time, it just gives him opportunity Well, listen to strengthen you, encourage you and reaffirm us in prayer on what he wants us to do. Let me tell you. So last year, early last year, I started praying about uh, the first share that I wanted us to have in this uh, this year. I, I started praying about it last year, about this year. And uh, God put Priscilla Shire on my heart. Now, you have to understand, I had never met her. And uh, uh, I believe we had already tried to get her uh, uh, a few times. And that's, that lady is very hard to get. Very hard to get. And so as I was praying about it, God spoke to me and said he gave me her name. So I had looked her up and uh, I hadn't even watched the whole sermon. But I watched it and I just started praying. Because that's something that God told me in prayer. I said, okay, here we go. So... Uh, as the time went on, the fall of last year, the fourth quarter, I was like, Pastor Lisa said, Pastor, I think it would be a great, great idea if we try to get her in the fourth quarter. And so she called the office and her office said, hey, you know what? She's not accepting any more invitations this year or even 2022. And so my heart was like, boom. And then I was like, wait a minute. I went back to the Lord. I said, Lord, you told me to pray about this. He said, don't stop praying. Pray about it more than once. I saw, I saw, I kept praying about it, kept praying about it. So then I got a phone call from some friends. Y'all know David and Tamla, man. I'm not name dropping. I'm just telling you that for the story. Okay. Cause they my friends, whether I say their name or not, but I'm saying it for context purposes. So David called me. He was like, pastor, you know, uh, Tamla was, was releasing her newest album. She hadn't released one in a while. And so they wanted to use the facility for her, uh, listening vip listening party so the church y'all didn't know about it because it wasn't open to the public okay so it was a whole lot of you know stars and you know people high-end people vips vipps you know all those kind of people and so anyway uh so i was on sabbatical uh coming from sabbatical when they called so they they redid the building it was really nice and so it was going to take place on a friday so i came in here thursday night to just check out what everything that had happened you know they work with the staff and get everything done so i came in here they had all the seatings reserved for different people really high i knew some of these names i had never never met some of these people and so i came and you know my my name's on the seat i'm the pastor thank god i got a seat they gave the pastor a seat on the front row and then Heaven's Seat was next to mine. And then on the other side, it had Priscilla Shire's name. I said, oh, God, here we go. Oh, here we go. It's on now. So that night I told the staff, because, see, my office, they used it as the VIP place. So all the different people that was high end, you know, came to my office. So I said, when Priscilla Shire shows up, let her know the host pastor would like to meet her. So she came back there and I introduced myself and I said, hey, listen. So I told her, I said, listen, I've been praying about something. She was like, what is it? I, saw, I, told, I said, you know what? I, I, I need you. I, I, I said, I want you to pray about it one time. You ain't got to pray about it twice. Just one time. Just one time. No, I said, just pray about it one time. Because see, I don't have to manipulate her because God done already started it. So long story short, long story short. Uh, she... Uh, I told her, you know, that I, I wanted to have her for my first women's meeting. And so she gave me her husband's email. And uh, so, cool. So, you know, we were sitting here. And so when Tamla got done, she leaned over and she says, I heard what you said. I was like, look at God. Long story short, how many times do you think I prayed about it? It was more than three. 
But how many know it done manifested on May 28th? Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that. Let me show you one more example, and then I'm going to give you a, uh, 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 something tangible that you can do. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 8, this is, the, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, because I want to show you that sometimes you got to pray about something more than one time. This is Daniel. He was talking. He said, so I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. And I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted there with my face to the ground. And just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have I've been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Watch verse 12. This is very important. Then he said to Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day, what day church, what day church, he says, since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. That prophetic word, delayed prayers are coming. There it is right there. She didn't know what I was going to teach on. He says, I have come in answer to your prayer. Watch verse 13. But, but. 21 days. Now, the, the King James says 1 and 20 days, which said 120. But, you know, either way, time had went by. He says, 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. See, when you pray, the enemy's trying to stop your prayer. So watch this. So now let's jump down now to verse, uh, let's verse, jump down to verse 16. Verse 16. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. And I said to the one standing in front of me, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord. I'm very weak. Notice now his strength level in prayer. Watch what happens. He says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Watch verse 18. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt what, church? My strength returning. He says, don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And as he spoke these words, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. Because that's what happens when we pray. We will get strength. When we spend that time to pray so that we can alter our wills to heal, to his will, it'll give us the strength that we need. That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses, our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart, he knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints. Watch this, according to the will of God. Watch this New Living Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example... We don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us, listen church, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. That's called tongues right there. And the Father who knows our hearts knows the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying. Watch this. For the Spirit pleads for us as believers in harmony with God's own will. And this is why the majority of my prayer time is not in English. Because English is so limited. 
I mean, there's, how many different ways can you say, Lord, fire this person at work? How many ways you can say that? Fire Miss Bev, Lord. Fire Miss Bev. <laughs> right? No, it's only so much. So that's why I just pray in tongues. And there are so many times where, when I, I remember when I was in, in Jamaica for, you know, on mission, you know, I was a missionary for two years. When I came back here, I needed a car. And I saw a car that I wanted. And so I, you know, I've been with the same bank for years. And I, I called my bank and they said, well, okay, we'll, we'll get that car for you. But you need to give us like, I think it was like $8,000 down. I'm like, well, I don't need you. If I got to put $8,000 down, I'm helping somebody right now because you need a car. I'm helping somebody. Listen, listen, it is God's will for you to have a car. So anyway, long story short, I started making all these phone calls, different banks. And then I got to a credit union. And, you know, credit unions got different, you know, different like criteria, like, like, like your, your mama name need to be Sally Mae, <laughs> stuff like that. So they went through all this criteria and I didn't meet any of it. And then I got frustrated, but then I had to start praying in the spirit. I started praying in the spirit. Watch this. And in praying in the spirit, not only did I get stronger or strengthened, God dropped in me the wisdom on what I needed to do. He said, call that, 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 that same credit union. He said, call him back. I said, why call him back? Did you hear him say no? He says, I heard him say, no, call him back. I said, but why? I don't want to be rejected twice. He said, are you going to call him or what? I said, the Lord be talking to me like that. So I called him back and he went over, went over all the stuff. And then the last criteria was a family member of yours need to have served in the military. I didn't hear that the first time. Either they didn't say it or I didn't hear it. And so I was like, my dad was in the army. Does that count? She said, yes. I said, okay. I said, what else I got to do to get this car loan? They said, well, you got to open up a savings account. I said, well, how much I got to put in there? She said, $5. I said, I got $5. I got $5. Long story short, one day later, I had that car. Somebody say amen to the Lord. So listen, weariness when it comes to prayer is a result of physical, mental, and emotional activity, not spiritual activity. So here's a take-home statement I want to give you, and we're going to close right here. Waiting should not weaken me. But waiting should strengthen me. I'm going to say that again. Waiting should not weaken me. Waiting should strengthen me. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they will walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their what? Strength. In other words, when I'm waiting on Lord, on the Lord, I should get stronger. So here's a question. Here's a question. How do we will to do things God's way when things are happening so fast? How do, how do we deal with that? Okay, well, James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brother, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The message translation says, post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears, follow with your tongue, and let anger straggle along the rear. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Okay, so how do we do this? All right, how do we do it? Here's the point. You ready? Here's point number three. Instantly pray it before you say it. So somebody bring me a rubber band. Bring me a rubber band. I, I pass some out. If y'all, thank you. Thank you, D. All right. So I need everybody. You got your rubber band? Put it on, put it on your wrist. Put it on your wrist. Now I've done this before, but uh, we, we pass due because some of y'all just fleshing it out. You just fleshing it out. Okay. So here's point number three. Instantly. Everybody say instantly. Instantly pray it. Before you say it. So here's application. Uh, y'all ever heard Caesar Milan, the, the dog whisperer? You know, I watched him. And so when he's like training these very dog, these dogs that are mean and want to bite, 
they have a pattern for, uh, you know, so what he does, he'll have them to sit. He'll train them and then he can tell when they're getting ready to go into that pattern to start biting and start being like that. And so what he would do, I don't know if you've ever watched him, but he would punch them. It's like he would like. And what that does is it makes the dog come out of that old pattern of thinking like, oh, he just hit me. What's going on? So that's what we're going to do this week. I want you to wear this rubber band all week. Wear it in the shower because you might need to pop yourself on that too. So listen, <laughs> take it however way you want to. But anyway, <laughs> hey, stay spiritual, okay? Stay spiritual. Stay spiritual. Because I pray in the shower, so you know. Anyway, so, so I figured, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. You're going to pop yourself before you negatively express yourself. I'm going to say that again. You're going to pop yourself before you negatively express yourself. So here it comes. You at work, your coworker, come up on you, bounce up on you, jump up on you, and be like, you know, whatever they do. Let's, let's, say, it's your, let's say it's your kids. And you told them, to, you know, four times to clean the room. And you go up there, and it ain't clean. Before you express yourself. Remember, you're going to pray it before you... Okay, so listen, what you're going to do... She's a mother. Okay, so so listen, we're going to practice real quick. I need you to pull it. Now, let, 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 wait a minute, let me show you what... Uh, you go get your rubber band at home. Don't be doing this. We're not talking about that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Can you zoom in just a little bit? We're not talking about like that. No, no. See, I don't feel nothing. That, that That's not going to jar you. You, you got to get something that's going to make you go, oh, okay. Because the point is when you draw yourself is you got to now pray it. You're going to pray it before you. Okay, so what you're going to do, you're going to do something like this. Don't watch it. Are they close to me? Okay, they're close. Okay, here we go. This is what you're going to do. All right. You're going to pull it about right here. <laughs> Just for illustration purposes. Okay. Okay, so, see, cause see, this will make you catch yourself. Okay, so, so, here we go, go on and do it, pull it out, pull it by right here, uh huh, alright, now let it go. How many want to cuss? Let me see your hand. <laughs> okay, so listen, application. Make prayer a consistent pattern instead of a parachute. Number two, decide to consider before you deliver. In other words, think before you react. That's what you're going to do right there. And then you're going to pray it before you say it. Did y'all get something today? Amen. So right there at your seat, I want you to bow your heads. If you're watching me, I want you to bow your heads right there at your home or wherever you're watching. Father, thank you. You said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but your word will never pass away. Thank you that the word of God has been delivered today. Thank you for, you said that as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, that it waters the place which it falls. And you said in your word that you will not allow your word to return to you void. And so, Father, I pray that all the word that has been sown today in our hearts will stay in there long enough that seeds will be, begin to germinate. And I thank you in advance for our lives being changed. And so, Lord, this week, 
before we express ourselves, before we let it out, before we are negative in our responses, remind us of this moment. Remind us of the time that we just need to take a minute. Instead of saying it, we're going to pray it first. And I thank you for great things taking place this week, for deliverances, for change, and for great things taking place because we're going to yield to your will in Jesus' mighty name. With every head still bowed, here's my question. If you died today, are you, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not, you need to go.